Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy, and today we're joined by Ashley Graber. She's a mindfulness-based psychotherapist at Yale Street Psychotherapy and the owner, director, and curriculum director at Evenflow. And she's here to talk about the process of developing an app and mindfulness and all the wonderful things that come along with that. So thank you for joining us, Ashley. Uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor. We are so excited to talk with you about this because you and I've had a couple of conversations. I've, you know, met most of the the team over at Evenflow and Yale Street, and you guys are just all awesome. And so I'll let you kind of talk more about this. Tell us who you are and what you're putting out into the world. Sure. Thank you for that. So I, as Kurt said, I'm a mindfulness-based psychotherapist. So what I am putting out into the world is mindfulness and meditation obviously through psychotherapy as well, and the platform at Evenflow. And I work with adults, but I also work with children and have a real passion for that, real big passion for helping children to learn the emotional regulation skills through meditation and mindfulness. And then the app Evenflow is an opportunity to spread these practices around the world. I mean, that's to anyone, so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> to anyone and everyone that has the ability to get to a phone. You know, that is what I want to put out into the world. That is what I want to share with the world. Tools are simple, but not easy. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, through psychotherapy, I can also help people to, you know, learn about themselves and use these practices in a way that can really be transformative. That's really awesome. What led you to create an app? Because that seems like a huge endeavor, but you've created this app, Evenflow. Like what, what got you there? What got you to the place that you could do that? Sure. So interestingly enough, the founder of the company came to me because of my specialty in using both meditation and psychotherapy, because that's what makes Evenflow different. Evenflow is not just meditation, but we weave psychological insight into our meditations so that we can help people understand why they do what they're doing or why something is happening in the way that it's happening. So they can have insight. And we also, in our very sort of therapist way, we meet the practitioner where they're at. So they, they could do a meditation on anxiety. They could do a meditation on relationships because we know on any given day, a person could have a problem with their partner or their child, or they could be suffering from some anxiety or depression. So we really meet them that way so that they can go in and pull a meditation that is relevant to what's going on in their life. 
And then in addition to that, we give them what we call a takeaway. So what we know is, is that people have a difficulty sort of applying meditation and mindfulness to what's going on in their life. So, and then they practice and then they get off their cushion, right? So wherever they're sitting to (laughs) meditate and then life is in session. So they don't know what to do when those emotions or physical sensations or even thoughts come in. So the takeaway in our meditation is the tool that they grab onto in those moments. They go, oh, I was meditating on anxiety this morning, for instance. And then Ashley said, do this. Ah, so they grab onto this tool. And in that moment, they help themselves. And that's what helps them to begin to integrate and make change. I've recently downloaded the Evenflow meditation app and really am impressed with the utility of a number of different things that you're hitting on here. I'm loving the energy ones in the morning that are actually helping me get out of bed and go (laughs) go to the gym and run, but helps that decision-making process once you get out of bed a little bit. But I'm really impressed with the the look, the layout, and, and really that you were able to bring a very simple thing that's very complex to master in a way that's very straightforward and very easy to to bring it to the public. How's the response that you're seeing from people utilizing the app? Well, actually the same as what you're saying, that they, you know, right from just the way it looks to the utility of it, to the actual meditations, that people really like it. And what people report back to us is, is that it not only sort of, as I said, meets them where they're at, but it helps them throughout the day and it helps them to understand their own behaviors. You know, I think that's where the real disconnect is so often for so many people is that life can feel a little bit out of control based on something that's happening that they have no insight around. So this gives them a little bit of a tool to, to understand and then the actual meditation, we're, when, when you say it's simple and, and easy to understand, my heart just leaps because that's <laughs> what I want for people is to be able to do these practices because what I hear so often from people is I can't clear my mind or I can't sit and meditate. You know, they have sort of misnomers about how to do it. So we really strive to make it simple and accessible. On that point, can you help us be able to, because this is a question that we get a lot too, but can you help us be able to help people understand the difference between mindfulness and meditation? Yes, I would love to. The words are used interchangeably so often, and they do have some meanings that sort of cross over one another. So it's really understandable that a person may or may not understand the difference. But mindfulness, at its most basic definition, is a mental state of openness, curiosity, and awareness that's achieved by bringing themselves to the present moment, right? So that means we're not looking in the past, and we're not looking in the future, and we don't have a lens of judgment. Now, that last part of the definition, without a lens of judgment, is perhaps the most overlooked but most important part of the definition, because that means we are not judging our experience. That's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) This is the practice. So there's two pieces that are the practice. When I get to the meditation piece, we'll talk about what the big part of that is, the big part of that practice is, 
But this is the practice when we're talking about mindfulness. So it means if it's a good experience, then it's a good experience. If it's a bad experience, then it's a bad experience. If you're angry, you're angry. And you're doing that without putting a layer of judgment on top of it. Right? My favorite math equation, actually the only math equation I like because I don't care for math, is, <laughs> is Shin Zen, who's an American Buddhist teacher, his equation for our relationship to pain. He says, pain times resistance equals suffering. Right? So our pain is inevitable, but when we resist it, we increase our suffering. So that's that last part of the definition, right? The without a lens of judgment means, okay, I'm working towards allowing this experience to be what it is without judging it. And by doing that, I lower my suffering. That's so cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really helpful equation for anybody in therapy and meditation to be used. I, I highly recommend everybody write that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to, to make sure I'm still with you here. So mindfulness is really living in the present moment without judgment, just yes. kind of having the experience and just noting it with objectivity. That's right. That's okay. right. And note, and, and the way that we work to be able to know when we're in the present moment is through the practice of meditation. Okay. This is where we're going to get cleared up. So meditation is the anchor, right? It's a practice that we do to strengthen concentration so that we know when we're not in the present moment. But it's impossible to be in the present moment all the time because we actually have 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day, right? Huh. 80, 80 to 90% of which are repetitive. Right? So what meditation does is it helps us notice when have I left the present moment and allows us to note that and come back. Because when people are practicing and they go, oh, I was thinking the whole time, you know, or my mind was wandering and I say, okay, but were you able to come back to your anchor, whether that be the breath or sound, whatever it is that we're using? And they say, yes. And then I say, okay, so you were mindful. Because that's the moment of mindfulness when we notice we've wandered and we come back. Because otherwise, we're just out there, you know, floating away in the future, floating back to the past, and we're basically asleep because we're not in the present moment. So when we notice it, we go, ah, thinking, and we come back, that's when we're awake and alive because we get, we have choice and we can come back to the present moment. That sounds. I don't know what the right word is. It sounds empowering to me. Maybe that's not the right word, but that's what I'm feeling in this moment is, is being able to know that whatever my experience is, it's okay. Yes. And to continue to come back to the present moment, then I can be grounded. I can make choices. I can be conscious. Yes. How do you incorporate that into your life? Because I feel like oftentimes, you know, you said 50 to 70,000 thoughts. I feel like sometimes I have a billion thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> And so how do you incorporate this? Because there's, there's, you know, as therapists, we're thinking mm -hmm. as, as entrepreneurs, you've got an app and a practice and, 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 you know, mm -hmm. so how do you incorporate this into your life? Cause this is tough stuff. Right. It is. And it's a practice. So when we can get to know, how does it affect me through my thoughts through my physical sensations and through my emotions when, when I am in an unhelpful place, 
right? So what entrepreneurs or business people or just, you know, even sort of everyday people say to me all the time is, but I need to plan, right? Mm-hmm. Or I want to be retrospective, right? I want to look into the past and be able to understand myself and my experiences. That's all great. We want to do and we have to do all of that. But we have to also know, have I crossed over the line into anxiety? Am I crossing over the line into depression, rumination, right? And how do I know this? So by teaching people to understand, how do I know when my thoughts cause physical sensations that feel unhealthy to me or cause emotions that feel unhealthy? And the example that I always use is that I call planning out in the future that's unhealthy planning out in the future, future tripping. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't necessarily, this is for myself, I don't necessarily realize that I'm future tripping by my thoughts. That's not how I catch it. But what I do catch is that it feels like an elephant sits down on my chest. It feels heavy and tight and I suddenly can't take a full breath. So this is what I teach people. What are your signs? That's a sign for me. Anytime my chest tightens up, anytime it feels heavy, I know I need to pause in that moment, right? And by doing that, I can pause, take a few breaths, ground, recalibrate, and then go back to what I'm doing. Because actually, I'm more focused and better and more productive if I am in a more integrated place, in a more present place, and not continuing forward from that place of the heavy chest. So that's what I teach people is how to know through emotions, thoughts, and physical sensations when they are kind of good to go or when they need to pause. And it's a practice, right? It really is a practice. And you know, what the the sort of metaphor I always use with people is if you play an instrument or you've ever played on a team, you were not the same, you know, player on that team or as good at that instrument the first day as you were the 25th, the 50th, the, you know, mm-hmm. 100 times. So the more we practice, the better we get at it. And it's a really important piece of this that we are consistent with it. It doesn't have to be for a long time every day. But consistency is important. Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. And my practice is largely based around working with teenagers. And while I don't put myself out there as a mindfulness therapist, it is something that I've incorporated with a number of my clients. And on that point, 
I've talked with a number of 12, 13, 14 year olds that not being good at something is the first step towards being good at something. Mm -hmm. And it really is about making that a regular part of their lives and and the practice of meditation and, and mindfulness in their lives. But as far as building it into a therapy practice, do you have recommendations for how people can incorporate this as a regular tool that they use in in their practices? Sure, I do. So first and foremost, I think it's really important that um, anybody who's teaching these practices have a regular practice. And the, the reason that that's important is because unless you have a felt sense of what's happening, it's very difficult to teach it to somebody and just sort of understand what might be happening for them. You know, so the way I would say to incorporate the practices is, you know, maybe if they're not sort of, they don't already have a practice to get some mentoring around it, you know, or maybe takes an MBSR class or something like that. Can you tell us what an MBSR class is? Sure. Mindfulness-based <laughs> stress reduction, which is sort of the father of meditation and mindfulness as we know it in the West. Um, John Kabat-Zinn developed it 40 years ago when everybody thought it was woo-woo practices <laughs> <laughs> and at UMass Hospital and cool. shifted people's perspective around pain. He worked with pain patients. So what I would suggest for, for therapists is twofold. For one, to do that and to really understand their clients, right? So Kurt, you mentioned you work with teens, right? We got to do big time buy-in with teens, right? And we're going to talk to teens very differently than we're going to talk to adults around it, right? And we're going to talk to little children about the practices very differently than we would even talk to teens around it. So really to understand your client and get really creative. I mean, I have kids who run around my office doing rainbow meditation, right? Which means they are looking for colors of the rainbow because they're four or five years old and they can't sit for very long, right? I have these magic wands that we use that are glitter wands, right? And it takes about a minute for them to settle and they just watch them, right? That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We love the wand race, which we have. And then, you know, also for for teens, you know, I would say to understand what are they interested in? Is it sports, right? So know some sports figures, right, that meditate. Mm-hmm. And with adults and adults or kids to really start small. Pay attention to what your client is doing. Are they, if you're saying, okay, let's try doing this every week, and they come in and they say, I didn't do it, right? Then the expectation shouldn't be there that they're going to sit for 10 minutes a day right? You got to back it up a little bit, right? Okay. Can we sit for five minutes a day? They come in the next week. They say, nope, didn't do it. Okay. Well, can we sit for a minute a day? Right. And then, okay. If we still can't do that, can we set alarms in our phone that will go off twice a day and you just take one breath, right? So really understanding where your client is coming from and what their capability is at the moment and building from there right? Without the expectation of it being a long-term practice. I think that's something that's really important because I had a client who was really struggling with it and it was just so painful for her to sit in meditation. And so even having the timer to say like, take one, you know, one breath or even backing it down into some of the practices, like what, what kids are doing, which is, you know, 
having an activity that's mindful, you know, I think that like those ideas are great. I think Mm -hmm. for, for some, for some people that, that have a lot of trauma history or, or they are very anxious, you've got the ding or the timer, the the breath. Are there any other go-to tricks? Cause I think for me, I have a lot of clients who just really hate sitting with themselves. Right. Well, you bring up such a good point, Katie, that with people who have complex trauma, that it can be very difficult to sit. So I might not have them do meditation, but Mm -hmm. mindfulness practices, right? So can you wash your dishes mindfully? Can you feel the temperature of the water? Can you take the moment to smell what the soap smells like, right? Can you look at the shape of each thing and name it? Oh, this is a round plate that's white in color. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a clear glass, right? That is um, now full of water, right? And I dump it out and it's empty of water. Can they just get really present? Can they take a mindful shower? How often do we plan our day in the shower, right? Buy some soaps that smell delicious to them, right? Buy a, you know, a loofah or something that feels different on their skin, can they name, you know, uh, the, what they're feeling in the shower, right? What the sensations are, right? And with, tra- with people who are traumatized in any way, really helping them with grounding practices so that they can get back into their body should they leave it, right? Which is why I think it's so important when these practices are being taught that people have an understanding of who they're working with, right? And from a therapist's perspective, right? That's understanding if they have any level of trauma. Mm. And, you know, and, and I think one of the mistakes that can sometimes make is using the breath with an anxious client, right? The last thing an, you know, a, a, an anxious client wants to do is focus on their breath, right? And this isn't for every anxious client, but if they have panic attacks, they do not want to focus on their breath. So really understanding what other anchors that they can use, right? Can they listen for sounds, Right? Can you just pause and listen for five sounds and name them? Right? Can we feel five different things in our hands? Okay, my jeans feel this way. My shirt feels this way. The couch I'm sitting on feels this way. When I touch the arms of my chair, it's cool. And so really being able to use mindfulness practice right, and rather than meditation in the moment. That's really a good suggestion. I think it's something I'm definitely going to incorporate probably next week. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think for me, I, I still am very, I don't know, a beginner mm-hmm. in my own meditation and mindfulness practices. I try to do as much as I can, but I find that oftentimes the day gets away from me and I've been floating around as you described it. Mm-hmm. And so for therapists who are wanting to really consciously add these practices to their day, because mm-hmm. as therapists, we need to be present. We need to be in the moment with our clients. What kind of things do you recommend for therapists as they make their way through their, their therapy day, you know, with their clients? Sure. So first and foremost, download the Evenflow app. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug, whatever. Uh, whatever, shameless plug. <laughs> whatever, shameless we'll talk plug. more about it in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Even more shameless plugging to come yeah. forward. Yes. But no, in all seriousness, the, the first thing that I would say is to find a time of day to do this. Now, this isn't always easy for especially parents with kids, but I suggest to people that I don't leave the house without brushing my teeth. So I wouldn't leave the house without doing some kind of practice. 
right? And then for the therapist who has 10 minutes to write their notes, go to the bathroom, drink some water, maybe eat a snack, right? Can you do that mindfully? Can you slow down the pace, right? Notice your surroundings, right? Take a couple breaths literally on the way to the bathroom, right? And just incorporate it in that way. Right? So really finding the ways that you can weave this into your life. Can you stop and name five things in the room and just take a deep breath right before you see your next client? Anything that you can do to get yourself right back into the present moment, remembering that we can't help but be present if we're using our senses. Right? One of the best things that we can do, if you can get sort of out of your therapist chair and back into it in 10 minutes and get outside in between, walk outside, take one second to stand there, feel the temperature, is there a breeze, can you look at a couple colors and name them around you, take a deep breath and walk back to your office. You know, anything like that where we can just take a moment to get back to the present, you know? And, you know, really, if you have a moment in your day, you know, where you have a few more minutes, there's a break, an hour, a half hour, whatever it might be, do a meditation, but schedule it, right? Schedule Uh, it just like (laughs) you would do anything else. And if you could start on Sunday and say, okay, this is what my schedule looks like the week, knowing that as therapists, our schedule changes, but to schedule it. I was told many years ago to schedule my workouts, right? And to not move that time right? That that's a time scheduled for me. And that was the only way that I ever had a consistent workout schedule. And I do the same with my meditation, right? I happened over the course of the years that I had been doing this, I have scheduled it in my calendar, you know, where I do it at work. I do it before I leave my house in the morning. You know, I've done it on the fly. I've done it all different kinds of ways, but I schedule it because if I don't, as you said, the day gets started and then it's gone. Even Flow actually has a reminder that'll go off, which is very helpful. So for people who use that, you can just set the reminder. But we all have phones that have an ability to have some kind of reminder to go off. And it's really helpful. Even as a you know decade plus long practitioner, I still need a reminder. <laughs> I don't feel so bad then because I definitely no. need the reminder. Right. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. How did you get into mindfulness in the first place? Uh, that's a great question, Kurt. So I, I very much wanted to do meditation and mindfulness for many, many years, but didn't gain a practice actually until I got sober. So in the rehab that I went to, there was a lovely guy named Richard Burr, and he taught meditation and mindfulness. I could barely sit still, mm. but it, I knew that after doing it, I felt better. It was so hard, but I always <laughs> felt better. And so I got into the practices because I desperately just wanted to feel better in the world. I, was, I have run very high with anxiety most of my life. 
And so I worked with Richard in that rehab and then one-on-one for years to follow. This is also another great tip that I would give to any therapist or any person out there. Get a mentor. I've had a mentor for almost consistently the entire time I've been a practitioner because it helps me be accountable to myself and my practice. So I met with him for years um, and then worked with an, I work with another guy called Chris Crotty, who is um, actually the guiding teacher at Against the Stream Boston. And although he's a Buddhist, I'm not a Buddhist. I just happened to really connect with him. So that's how I came to the practices was a real desperate need to want to feel better <laughs> in the world. <laughs> what does mentorship look like? Because I, I have a sense of what it looks like in other environments, but I don't know what it looks like in mindfulness and meditation. Sure. So it is done on a platform like Zoom. So you can see your mentor and it would be where you would use the practices for whatever is going on in your life. So if you're coming because you're struggling in your career or with anxiety or depression, whatever it might be, the mentor would base the practices around that. So you would have some conversation, some didactic and some practice. And the practice piece, what's important about it being done with a one-on-one person is that you get to have conversation around what came up, right? So if a person's really struggling and judging themselves about it, then you get to talk about that. And, And there's the sort of back and forth conversation helps a person to have whatever their experience normalized right? And then they can have tips and tools to help them deepen their practice or have a more consistent practice um, and the accountability piece. So it's a combination of practice, didactic, you know, and um, conversation. So moving into the shameless plug portion, is this something that you guys do at Evenflow? (laughs) In fact, we do. We do. We have one-on-one mentors. So Evenflow, um, we have an app, but we're also a mindfulness company. So we go into corporations and in schools, and we teach these practices in large groups. And then we have the one-on-one mentoring piece to support that. So we can work with somebody one-on-one, or if it's for a company, we could work with a group of people on the same kind of platform, in a Zoom kind of platform. That's very cool. Yeah. I think I think that there's a lot that therapists, you know, kind of probably throw out, throw out mindfulness or meditation yes. without having a practice, without knowing, you know, kind of the stuff that you know. What are the certifications that you have that the other even flow teachers and, and folks have? that help them to to learn all this stuff about mindfulness and meditation? So MBSR, which I had mentioned before, they're teacher trainings for sort of all the different kinds of mindfulness practice that you can do. So whether it's mindful self-compassion or mindfulness-based stress reduction, mindful eating, they all have certification programs. To work with kids, there's mindful schools right? There's, um, if you're in LA, the UCLA Mark program does a teacher training program. So those are the types of programs. And our teachers have some or all of those trainings. (laughs) It just depends on who you're talking to. And then like myself, work one-on-one with a mentor. So somebody who's had, you know, decades of, of practice at this. 
Um, So those are the types of certifications. That's really cool. I think the reason I was asking that question, because I want to know what people do right, which is what you guys are doing. But what do you think that therapists get wrong frequently? Because oftentimes I think what you kind of prefaced this with, do it yourself before you actually teach it to your clients. So that's probably one thing you would say, but are there other things that you think that therapists frequently get wrong? We, we ask everybody this. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So I have mentioned a couple of the things, but I will highlight that. So not having their own practice, I've heard that some people just turn on meditations in the room and do it that way. I don't think that that's actually going to be as helpful for a person. And then they don't do the inquiry process. And this I've heard from just talking to people or talking to clients. The inquiry process is that process where you have a conversation afterwards so that you can understand what actually happened for a person. So without your own practice and without the inquiry process, you just leave a person sort of having had that experience and not understanding it. And I think the other thing I mentioned a little bit earlier as well is not having such a breadth of knowledge of the practices that they don't have something to offer to a traumatized client, to a client with very high anxiety, that there are a breadth of these practices and there's a need to understand them so that you use the quote unquote right ones for the right person. Like I said earlier, I've downloaded Evenflow. I've started using this recently. I've not explored all of the the different options yet in in my mindfulness budding practice, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it really is cool. It's I do recommend that you check it out. I've found some utility on it. Ashley Graber is our guest today. Where can people find out more information about your practice and the Evenflow app? Sure. So my uh, website is ashleygrabertherapy.com. Yale Street is yalestreettherapy.com. And Evenflow is evenflow.io. And Evenflow is free for the first seven days. And then after that, we have subscription services, but it is a small cost for a big benefit. And we will include all of that information in our show notes. You can find those on our website, mtsgpodcast.com. And while you're there, check out our Therapy Reimagined 2018 conference coming up in October here in the Los Angeles area with our very generous platinum sponsor, Simple Practice. And until next time, I'm Kurt Woodhelm with Katie Bernoy and Ashley Graber. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code modern gets you two free months.